0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory Jesus said to his disciples, This is why I am telling you not to worry about your life and what you are to eat, nor about your body and how you are to clothe it. Surely life means more than food, and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the sky, they do not sow or reap or gather into barns yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not worth much more than they are can any of you for all his worrying add one single cubit to his span of life and why worry about clothing think of the flowers growing in the fields they never have to work or spin yet i assure you that not even solomon in all his regalia was robed like one of these now, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is there today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, will he not much more look after you, you men of little faith? So do not worry. Do not say, why? What are we to eat? What are we to drink? How are we to be clothed? It is the pagans who set their hearts on these things. Your heavenly Father knows you need them all. Set your hearts on his kingdom first, and on his righteousness. And all these other things will be given you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. Mary MacKillip stands before us as really a very new saint. It's only a short number of years that she's been in our canon And I feel like the Feast of Mary MacKillop is a little bit like Anzac Day, which is not a liturgical feast, but it's one of those days of great Australian importance that I really wish I knew a lot more about. Uh, I've enjoyed today reading a little bit of this biography, which was written some years before her canonization. And it paints a beautiful picture of her life and her worthiness, for lack of a better word, of um, the honor that we're giving her now and the honor that we're giving God present in her life. So I'd like to um, make reference to a few of those things. The first is some marks made in the preface by the then sister Katrina Brill, who was the superior of of the order, the leader of the congregation. And she writes, as we know, that Mary MacKillop is an Australian and grew in holiness as an Australian. It was out of this context that her sainthood um, flowered and blossomed. Her holiness reflects in an Australian way the face of God, the loving, compassionate one who knows his people, who is father, creator, and lifelong nurturer. She goes on to say that this relationship with God that Mary had allowed her to be a wonderful bridge to all people. She says she was a loving woman who could care for the indigenous peoples, who could mingle with the migrants and landed settlers, and who could welcome and be welcomed by Catholics And non-Catholics in an age when ecumenism was not actively pursued. She was very far ahead of her time led by the Spirit. Brill goes on to say that Mary is known and revered not only in Australia, I mean her places of pilgrimage, Ghana pilgrims throughout the year, but really letters and all sorts of things come from all around the world uh, to show the devotion that people have for this woman of faith that we know. Her ordinariness appeals to many as does her personal care for any individual regardless of colour, creed or status. She is truly a woman for all seasons and for all people." Brill goes on to say that when Pope John Paul II was in Sydney and the homily that he delivered for the cause of her canonization, John Paul remarked that Mother Mary of the Cross did not just free people from ignorance through her schooling we know that she started schools and committed herself to that vocation nor did she only alleviate their suffering through compassionate care but the pope points out she worked to satisfy their deeper though sometimes unconscious longings for the unsearchable riches of christ himself we hear about it in that reading from colossians and we heard that proclaimed just now so i'd like to suggest that in mary's life we see Really, all of that reflected beautifully. Mary was one who saw all as God's chosen and beloved. It didn't matter who they were or where they were from or where they were to be found. And she set out to clothe them, as it were, in compassion and in kindness. And she clothed herself too, in kindness and in humility and in gentle patience. We know that she bore wrongs with serene trust in God, and I want to cite here um, the author's notes, because it's easy to, to sort of um, romanticize the, the struggles she had, but really her attention was not on the struggles that she had with authority. Her attention was on God and God's love for whoever exactly she was working with and working for. Father Paul Gardner, the Jesuit peace who, priest who authored this book, he says here mary MacKillop revered people in holy orders and respected all authority as a derived expression of god's will so god has so desired his flock to be guided in this way and mary knew that but she had problems when prelates extended their juridication ad libitum or neglected the directives of higher authority in other words when people abused their power and it squashed the mission of god some episodes caused a stir at the time And they make dramatic reading now but and i think this is very important but it would be superficial to regard them as her most momentous battles her great heroism is not uh against big bad church no it says here mary's real battles were rather those in which the bishops and the whole church were unequivocal allies in a war with the ungodly forces at work in society those forces that dehumanize the least among us. The pursuit of human values, full of authentic and founded on the eternal, as revealed by Christian faith, was the main concern of all parties, Mary and those that she was working with and under and, and, and for. Whatever differences there were, there was always complete agreement about the common purpose for which they were, in fact, employed. I think it begs the question for us as church today because in mary's age it was dangerous to be a catholic that's one of the titles of the chapters here but now we stand as a church in dialogue and missioning alongside a big diverse people what is god calling us to do to work with and for and through them to make his face known yet again, and to shine even as saints of today's um, today's faithful. Finally, Mary was a beacon of reconciliation between peoples, and it was really because of her trust in God who does reconcile us, reconcile all of us. Um, I think like so many saints who have gone before her, Mary was what we can call poor for the poor, with those who she was serving, not from above, but but on a level ground, dignifying them. I think of um, the likes of Clara of Assisi or Mother Teresa. And I was thinking, I didn't write this down, but um, Mother Teresa is one of those saints who um, had, a, had a beautiful way of speaking the truth in all bluntness and somehow it hit fertile soil. There was one interview where um, the, the interviewer had become friends with her, but he wasn't a Catholic. And she said, now when are you gonna become Catholic? And he said, oh, Mother, um, you know, God needs people outside the church as well. And she said, no, he doesn't. And, and late, before too long, he converted to Catholicism. So there's something about the bold witness that these women are able to make that, that is appropriate. You know, it's appropriate for them. And if we can follow their model, then perhaps we too will hit fertile soil in our proclamation of the gospel and in our invitations to Christ. Finally, if I can... And with regard to that gospel passage that we heard, I'd like to read this letter between between Mary and, and Monsignor Kirby and take note of the beautiful trust that she has in Providence, heeding the words of Jesus here, saying, don't worry, don't worry about food or clothing or anything, because your God loves you and is, in fact, providing. Mary was a woman of prayer and... I think for all of us, people of prayer, we know that not always do our prayers seem to be answered. Sometimes they seem to just float up into the ether and disappear. But Mary gives us, I think, beautiful words of wisdom, which she knew in her own life, and perhaps we ought to know them in ours as well. So if you'd like, um, you can close your eyes and think of your own prayer life as you hear these words. And if, finally, if I can say this, imagine the cross itself before you as you hear this, She's not called Mary of the Cross MacKillop for no reason. She clung to this thing as a a staff to to guide her through life, to shepherd, to administer, to do all things um, with the strength of Christ. She writes here to Monsignor Kirby, "'O Father, I cannot tell you what a beautiful thing the will of God seems to me. For some years past, my communions, my prayers, my intentions have all been for God's will to be done. I can never pray for a particular intention.' A particular person or anything particular about our own Institute but in God's loved will that is whilst I desire with all my heart to pray for these I cannot help at the same time desiring that he only use my prayers for the intentions that his own will most desires at this time thus I feel a joy when things go well for I see his will in this and an equal joy when they seem to go wrong or against our natural desire for there again i see his will and am satisfied that he has accepted my prayers and those of many more for some other object at the time nearer to his adorable will to me the will of god is a dear book which i am never tired of reading which has always some new charm for me Nothing is too little to be noticed there, but yet my littleness and nothingness has often dared to oppose it, and I am painfully conscious that in my many ways I still in my tepidity offend it against without perceiving that I am doing so. But such dear lessons as you gave me the other evening then come to my aid and encourage me. For, she concludes, the love of my sweet Jesus is too strong too beautiful, his merits too great, for me not to cling to him. Saint Mary of the Cross MacKillop, pray for us.